When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Deadline Dilemmas brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout and we're already at game week two and I think we're streaming at a very very good time uh, 9pm on a Thursday with less than 24 hours till the deadline um, I mean actually quite a bit less than 24 hours now um, but how, how's it going Braz how's the week been? Our week's been great man yeah football's back and uh, it's been fun and yet another week where we start with saying how important is it to you know, stream on a Thursday night when things happen, you know, things always tend to happen on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So a lot's happened. We're going to go through some of the things that we're hearing. Some are confirmed, some are rumors. So, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. But otherwise, yeah, it's been good for me. How's how's your week been? Yeah, no, it's been fun. I have missed FPL. There's certain things about FPL you kind of forget about, like, um, you know, the hindsight of certain things. And I guess that's just part of the game. It's It's only natural. And yeah. I think when we t- were talking at lunchtime, or maybe it was yesterday, we sw- we showed each other our starting 11s and they were identical. And I mean, it's not the case anymore. <laughs> this is this is what FPL is, right? I mean, we were all very comfortable. I, I did the wire on, on Tuesday and I was all gung-ho and, oh, I've got James and Chilwell, you know, I'm ahead of the curve. And FPL just says, actually, you know, no, no, you're not. And yeah, that's what it's about. And it's it's fine. I guess people need to sort of not panic because... Luckily for us and luckily for the template and for managers that have sort of similar issues teams, I think teams did generally well. And, you know, the worst case scenario is your game week one team doesn't do well and then players start dropping in price and then you start to panic whether I should sell them or they long term. I think there's not a lot of that. It's more about people's had plans to get to certain players like a James or somebody else. And now that's been derailed. So everybody's scrambling and, 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 and that. But I think people just need to calm down. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think I felt the same as you with James and Chilwell, as in I felt quite very, very content, sat there with them both. Um, I, You know, I was really, really excited about them. And yes, we knew James was a, you know, he has this risk of getting injury, injured, um, but it's, it's still quite gutting. But I don't think it's like a season ender. I think it's quite, well, obviously it's not, but I think it's quite, it makes the game quite fun. 
I think there's mm. some other routes you can go. It's that old chaos is a ladder that, that <laughs> Late Riser likes to say, likes to drum into exactly. people. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's do our uh, our usual deadline dilemma style. We'll go through our teams first. Then we'll start goalkeeper, defenders, midfielders, attackers. In the chat, I see I see there's, there's a lot of activity. So um, hello to everyone. Just when we're talking about goalkeepers, drop in your goalkeeper dilemmas. Like, you know, if you're thinking about Unana versus Turner and stuff. So just, you know, help us also with your dilemmas so we can talk through them. And we'll obviously talk through our dilemmas in our teams as well. What did you make of Unana? as we're starting on goalkeepers, just because he didn't really do, oh, oh FPL-wise, he didn't do what I expected, as in, you know, all the, the passing bonus, etc. It was much more like a player like Leno or someone I'd expect to rack up, you know, save points. He was top for bonus, I think, uh, before Van Bissaka assisted Varane. So yeah, in some sense, he was doing good stuff. I mean, not a lot of what you're talking about in terms of the pass completion and stuff. But I think, look, he what he did was show us that if they keep a clean sheet, he'll be in the bonus. Even though other two defenders got returns, he still got one bonus. But I think lucky. It was very lucky. Both Man United, people who own Man United defenders, they were all very lucky to keep a clean sheet. Clearly, that was a penalty. I don't think even as as diehard a Man United fan I can be, I cannot sort of um, have any explanation for why that wasn't given as a penalty. Obviously, you never know if that was saved or missed. But yeah, it it was a very lucky win. Yeah, sorry to go straight into the Man United question straight straight off the bat, but we, yeah, for those watching, um, we've got your team on the screen. I mean, for the, for those listening on on the podcast, we're not going to go very heavy on visuals. It's going to be a lot, you know, just talking about the dilemmas, you know, as a, as a casual conversation. So did you want to go through, I mean, I suppose your goalkeepers, you've got Turner and Pickford, the same as me, and you've got Turner starting. So is that? Yeah. No dilemmas there. Yeah. I think this was part of our rotation, right? And mm-hmm. and there's, there's nothing here. Villa should definitely score at home against Everton. And if they don't, I don't care because I don't own Watkins and a lot of people own Watkins. So, hey, Pickford, keep a clean sheet. I'm happy with that if he does. But I think Turner is just worth it. As, uh, Sheffield United were one of the worst attacks at least from xg or chance created in game week one and i think you're similar right yeah i'm i'm it's, it's like you say it was part of the plan and i don't see a reason to deviate from the plan i mean i'm not it's not like i'm i'm not annoyed at pickford um i've seen a lot of people that are annoyed you know i'm more than happy with that rotation um the the only thing so yeah i'm set on turner i guess the first thing is the only player that might tempt me into a transfer and it's not edison this time it would be Sanchez just because Sanchez. now we possibly lost James. We're not going to have that fun attacking double up in defense. So it does open up that spot, doesn't it? But do you think, I mean, I, I, I have mixed views on that. I mean, I think yes, Sanchez could be fine because you're getting some access to Chelsea's clean sheets, but I don't think we were investing on double Chelsea defense because Chelsea's defense is something that is so great. True. We were def- we were investing in it because James and Chilwell provide that attacking threat. So my my point is that if you wanted to change your goalkeeper and you're tired with Pickford, money is not a problem. Then go back to Onana or go back to even Edison if you wanted to. You don't have to go for a Sanchez just because you, you know Chelsea's got Luton and Nottingham Forest. Those two are good. But if you wanted to make a longer term move, I don't think there's that much upside in using a free transfer for a Pickford or a Johnston or somebody else that you may have Leno to a Sanchez at least that's what I think personally at the moment if they keep a clean sheet against West Ham maybe I think differently yeah it does feel more like a move like you know if this was game week one again I think I'd go for Sanchez over Pickford but yeah what you say about using the transfer especially now we're getting you know rumors and confirmed details of of injuries and the FPL season you can kind of forget that in pre-season that injuries do happen 
I, I don't know in my mind i just started thinking you know this is gonna be my set team i'm gonna follow naively i thought this that i'm gonna follow this plan and that's gonna be that's gonna be that and i mean this week's actually been crazy for the amount of stuff that's happened you know starting with the gabriel you know gabriel news at the deadline etc i mean let's come to defenders in a second let's yep. finish on goalkeepers what would you do if you had edison and turner about edison and turner See, I, I actually hate that decision. <laughs> I think I wouldn't be able to resist playing Edison. I think he's one of the few goalkeepers that I would play over Turner this week. I I wouldn't feel like amazing about it. But then I guess we also have to remember it is it is Turner. Yeah. So yeah, I probably would would start Edison and be you know, just be prepared. I don't mind having to rotate goalkeepers, by the way. I know some people hate it, but it puts a bit more, it feels like you're actually making more decisions by doing it instead of just, you know, playing the same goalkeeper every week and hoping to get yeah, lucky. Yeah, it adds another stress. And yeah, I, I don't love it either. But it was just, the Pickford one was just so good. And and I guess it's it's more Turner was so good. And Game Week 2 is really the one where a lot of people will use Turner. And I can tell you, if he concedes, then some people may never, ever do it again for the rest of, you know, wildcard one and people may shift to Ariola in, in wildcard one anyway so this may be the only game week you play Turner unless he actually becomes a hero and keeps a clean sheet so I think I'm with you maybe Edison is better but in my head there's only two keepers that have a better fixture on paper than Turner that is Liverpool so Allison, who's not very popular and maybe Martinez uh, again not very popular but Villa home to Everton um, again prime fixture so those are the only two on paper that I would say are better than what Turner has. So I would say go for it. And and my only point, last point on goalkeepers are for Onana. Again, Onana uh, owners are quite popular. Um, he will either get a 15-pointer or a three-pointer in this game against Spurs because Spurs takes, take a lot of shots. And so if he keeps a clean sheet, this is a mega, mega haul that I can see Onana getting. But then do I see them keeping a clean sheet? No. So therefore, if I had Onana, I would probably still start Turner. But I can completely see if somebody had a different view and say, look, I play for ceilings. Turner's going to get me six points max, probably two. I want a 15-pointer for Onana. I'm going to play Onana. Yeah. See, yeah, a lot of people see in Turner as that Edison type, the, the two or six. But I wouldn't completely eliminate, you know, seven, eight points. Yeah. You know, we haven't seen that much from Sheffield United. I mean, I think the assumption is they're going to be bad. We, and obviously, in the, in the last game, they look bad. But, you know, it only takes, you know, th literally three shots, you know, in a nil-nil. And it can, you know, he can suddenly get a few bonus, maybe a save. Um, but they, they feel like lottery goalkeepers anyway. I mean, exactly. rotation I looked at last week going a little bit off tangent was, was Pickford and Leno until we were gifted Turner. And I would have got that horrifically wrong. And I think Leno was very, very lucky, you know, with, it, with like yeah. a goal disallowed. You know, it, we've seen the XG for Everton was, you know, I think it was almost three. Yeah. <laughs> which is Which is ridiculous. So... Yeah, I think you've just got to make that decision. And I mean, Sheffield United are one of the, sorry, not Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest are one of the favourites for a clean sheet this week. So, and I think he's going to be very, very, you know, if you play by EO, I think he's he probably is going to be the top-owned goalkeeper this week. Well, you know, you say that. it He'll be the top-owned, maybe in the engaged managers, but in the overall grand scheme of things, he'll be, I would say, 10% overall. Uh, maybe I'm underplaying it. But, you know, I guess, you know, the... People who are not on Twitter are not playing Turner this week. It's 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 more mainly us who are talking him up, and as usual, we'll get disappointed. But yeah, I mean, I get. I guess going back to your point, we are competing against these engaged managers to come in the top 200, 150 k, 
So I guess yes, in that in that sphere, he'll be fairly high, highly owned. Yeah, yeah, you'd have thought so because yeah, he was probably the standout goalkeeper rotation, and he was gifted to us so late, so so late before that game. We had to take it. You had to take it. And yeah. Ariola is also he started the first game, even though I read from Fabianski uh, that he wasn't very happy. There were some quotes in the news that uh, Fabianski didn't take the news very well of not starting. So it may that, you know, that one may be a little bit of a choppy situation where they keep one comes on when one has a bad game or they rotate around cups and stuff like that. But anyway, that's enough about goalkeepers. Yeah. I had promised it's in my contract with Flapjack to talk about goalkeepers <laughs> for at least 10 minutes. And so we've done that already. I do, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Even though I can't pick them. That's, that's the, that's the, but that's why I like talking about it. Um, although talking about defenders, but this seems to be the massive topic this week. I mean, yeah. The, so none of these are officially confirmed, but by, by clubs. But James, that's quite a strong source. Nisa, I think he tweets a lot of yeah. stuff. He's suggested that James is going for a scan, and then there's various other rumours, you know, of length of time. But I don't think we know that for sure yet. So it's yeah, a James strong rumour. So I would I would say number one, if anyone's thinking about him, don't go there. And people who have James, I think the first thought is just uh, just calm down. I mean, just you don't have unless you're in a very precarious position where you have to play James this week, and he's your third defender, and you have two bench fodder who are not playing. Let's say Burnley and uh, and uh, Luton have a blank this week, so if they're your bench, then that's a little bit of a problem. We'll obviously have the press conference tomorrow. The extent of the injury that we've read on Twitter, it will definitely be discussed. It's not something that Poch will just say, yeah, we have a fit squad and you just lie about it. It's, it's, you know, it it will be discussed. And so you will know by deadline if James is injured or not. And then you just act accordingly. And it's team dependent. So if you if you look at your and my team, so for example, in my team, I've got Chilwell, Saliba and Estupinian who are all fine to play this week. I don't need to do anything. You get one extra week of information on is Gusto the guy who's playing or is it, you know, if he st starts uh, Disasi or anybody else, we just don't know. And even though some fans are of the opinion that Gusto will play, he's still young. He's still raw in the Premier League. You never know if he gets every game or not. No, and it's it's a hard week to do defensive transfers just because the way the fixtures are full. And we talked about it a lot where this, you know, this game week's actually quite tricky. Then game week three is the complete opposite. Game week three is, you know, people are going to have real ben bench headaches. It's too early to go for Newcastle defenders yet, which I think where a lot of us are going to go. Correct. Um, want to go for Chelsea defenders, but we talked about, you know, or you mentioned earlier that Chilwell and James, we went for them, but obviously for the attacking returns, the oh, clean sheets are, are a bonus. So we've been yeah. kind of robbed of our, you know, genius plan um, uh, without even getting to play, play both of them. I know you got to play Chilwell last week. Yeah, I mean... Uh... What can you do, man? I mean, this is what FPL is. I mean, you can try to go ahead of the game, but an injury sort of puts you back. I don't see it as much of a setback. I mean, I guess I it, I see it as a loss of advantage. So with, with James, I felt we're a transfer ahead. Now I feel like we're slightly behind, but not too behind. Because if Gusto becomes an option, everybody needs to make a transfer in defense to get him. Um, or, okay, maybe some choose not to do it, but I would certainly not refuse a Chelsea right back playing Luton and Nottingham Forest at home in game week three and four. So immediately my thought is that if James is out, I'm going to wait this week, see against West Ham. If Gusto starts, even if he starts one, that's enough for me to know that for 4.0, he's worth investing. If he loses his spot, I have wildcard one, I will deal with it at that point. But that 4.0 starting Chelsea defender is worth the gamble, at least that's my initial thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much about him. I did look earlier and he's had one career goal, but obviously he's young. Um, he was playing playing in France a lot. I, I, he's not going to be Reese James. I, I wouldn't imagine. 
Um, but yeah, no, I get that. And to be honest, in the position we're in with James and Chilwell, we want to get on triple Chelsea if possible, you know, as quickly as possible. Next but then week. we're not going to be on them long, as in we're going to be on them you know, four or five weeks and then we're going to be looking to get off them pretty right. sharpish. I mean, maybe we're Chilwell to stick around, for example. Um, and we'll probably get onto Jackson when we talk about the strikers, when we move on yeah. to the strikers. But what do you think about Colwell as well? I think he's a good option. A lot yeah. of fans say that he is, I mean, even Zoff said it on the pod, that he is part of the two, even if they play four at the back. He's ahead in the pecking order. So there is no reason why you can't go for him. Again, it's a, it's a matter of do you need the 0.5? So some people who have to make a move this week. Let's say there's other defenders who we're going to talk about in a second who are also injured. And so you're suddenly looking at a team where you cannot put out 11 because you've got James and you've got other guys also possibly not starting. Then I think instead of punting for a uh, a Gusto, you just go for a Colwell, which is a much easier option that you know is more nailed with a little bit less attacking upside. But then we don't know Gusto's attacking upside either. I mean, he could just convert into this you know, right-sided centre-back and Chilwell just marauds forward from the left and that could be the way Chelsea play. It's unlikely because, you know, if you always play that way, then teams will also make it so that they'll play a right-winger who's always on Chilwell and then that kind of stifles your attack. So I would still expect some attacking upside, but I think uh, Colwell is fine. I think he's fairly nailed. That's why I feel like if I was having to make the move this week, and you mentioned obviously people might have players that are blanking, like defenders who are blanking, and you had to make the move with this week, I think... I personally would have to go Colwell yeah. just because I kind of know what more to expect, which seems a bit silly when he's just made his Premier League debut for Chelsea. Um, but obviously we've seen him play for Brighton. We've seen him play for the England under-21s. Um, and Chelsea fans are you know, raving about and, and excited about him. So yeah, then I'd go for the X-Minutes play. But then I guess you get in that awkward situation where if Gusto then looks you know, very, very attacking um, it, it, you know, against West Ham this week, you're probably going to force yourself into the defensive triple up. And probably not a defensive exactly. triple up, you know, we all dreamed of having where you'd have, you know, you'd have James and Chilwell alongside, you know, the other one. You'd have two kind of relatively unknown, not quite James caliber players, as as it were. Yeah, this is why I think the the order of thinking about it is save if you can. <laughs> if you're in a position where you're in trouble, you know, tomorrow, let's say we hear that Stones is out and you have Stones We'll get to a stupinia, and I don't think that's just a faff rumor. But you know, if you if you get news tomorrow, concrete news that you you cannot put out eleven, then you take out James, and you have to take out James for a call wheel at the moment. Again, unless Pochettino says in the press conference not to worry, we have Gusto, who's very capable on the right. But it just feels it's not my type of risk that I would like to take, where I do James to to Gusto, and Gusto doesn't even start against West Ham, and now suddenly I don't. I don't have a defender anyway this week and now have a problem going forward, which is an I want new problem, not a James, but another one. So I, being conservative, I would definitely do James to Colwell if I have to have to do it this week. But my recommendation is just hold off and see another game week. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I'll go for Colwell you know, if I had to do it this week. Um, I was just going to flick to my team quickly. Yeah. Because obviously our teams are very, very similar, but just, just with the defenders. Um. I don't know. I've, I guess I've got a little bit more depth, but I've only got one million in the bank where you've got, you know, two. you've got two or two and a half. Two million. Yeah. So I've got this situation where James, it, he could well drop, um, drop in price. I'm just going to double check this, actually. I guess with the deadline tomorrow, he probably won't drop before the deadline, but I feel like there's going to be... Because he's not even yellow flagged. So I see no... He, I mean, he had net transfers in before this week. Oh, so so I doubt reset. he drops before deadline. 
but he reset. I didn't notice the, if they put the flag on him yet. Why would they? There's no official news. That's true. That's true. So he could well drop then, as in in the next couple of days, until they put the flag on. I mean, deadline is tomorrow. So what I'm yeah. saying is he's not he's not dropping tonight. No, but we might have to make a decision. I mean, my, my situation, I've got a million in the bank, for example. And long term, I had that earmarked for Trippier. Obviously, that, that yeah. could change. But it, so he may well not drop by tomorrow, but it might get to like Sunday or Monday. And I've got to make a decision quick. And I don't want Trippier yet. But losing that point one does feel like, you know, the old losing 0.5. So I feel like there could be this pressure on making the transfer. Could be, could be. But I would just say, look what happened this week. I mean, is it worth... They, you can find a way. I mean, I, I get I get some people are in this tight position and mm -hmm. point one is kind of enables a lot, but people did Gabriel to James this week and look where they've ended up. That's true. So, Although they had no pressure, as in there was no price pressure. Like Gabriel hasn't dropped yet. James hasn't hasn't risen. Um, they like, thought they had, or maybe they had stones or, you know, you never yeah. know. I mean, so James was bought in by 140,000 people. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. This, I, I this do week. understand why, because I guess it's the same reason. I mean, obviously, we started with them game week one and, and bench James. But you, when you look at those fixtures, you can see why you know people have done it. I mean, maybe the sensible thing would have been you know, to, to wait, um, which is always easy to say now. But yeah, to, to, to actually wait would have been obviously my preference there. But I can, I, yeah, I can see why they've done it. Um, but yeah, so I was just thinking about the price pressure. But I, I suppose we don't know where we're going to go with strikers, etc. And exactly. I mean, there's no midweek football to, to Jackson in a way. But <laughs> there's no midweek football next week, apart from Villa, who'll play their Conference League game. Um, so you could look at a Monday risky, risky move if you ha if you're so tight. But I don't think you need to worry about that tonight. I mean, the Friday deadline helps in that matter where you know they you can still evaluate and look at all the press conferences and do the transfer after the deadline if you wanted to and use one of your free transfers and the second one is just your buffer if if anything goes wrong so i think that's that's okay on james and i think we've laid out how people need to think about it let's go to gabriel because he ha he was all this i feel really bad for people who couldn't do the gabriel to saliba thing people have lives they were busy you know not everybody's on their phone 5 minutes before deadline all sympathy and love for Andy, by the way, for sharing the information as soon as he got it. I mean, you know, people say he could have done something else. You know, he could have not shared it or not had a source. I mean, just imagine what ha would have happened if he himself would have done it and not told anyone else. Which, yeah, he did want... Well, it wasn't a leak. He captained De Bruyne once and De Bruyne scored a brace and there was all kind of anger that he hadn't, he hadn't told people. So, yeah, in game week one, if he'd just done that off screen, yeah... That would have been seen as unforgivable as well. So yeah, exactly. I'm so, the same boat I feel for him. I don't get it at all. Any hate that he gets, he shared the information with everyone. Just the fact that he got it late, he can't help it. So, um, you know, for me, I appreciate it. And even though I was on refreshing, I didn't know even if I had done the transfer. So I'm really, really grateful because now I have James. Had I had Gabriel as well, I would have been bloody pissed off. And I know many people would be in that position. So I feel sorry for them. Yeah, you'll get people mentally adding or subtracting that from their score. You know, come game week 38, potentially. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. actually glad, because I didn't own either. I'm glad it wasn't like a huge swing. Because I think when, that would... When Nottingham Forest scored, I was the same. I was like, thank God. Otherwise, this was going to be very ugly and some people would just quit playing. I mean, if Saliba scores a 12-15 pointer, it just becomes really bad. And people get a one pointer from Gabriel. Well, exactly, and especially especially in like mini leagues and stuff, which is the reason that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people play, play the game 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Thoughts with thoughts with the Andy on that because yeah, he, he wasn't in an easy place having to do that at last minute. I'm sure he'd rather not have the news at all. Exactly. But exactly. yeah, Gabriel. I mean, I was quite bullish on Monday of just selling Gabriel no matter what because we don't know if he's going to play. Even if we're eighty percent sure, I just wanted to you know have double Chelsea defence. Um, obviously now with the James injury, I think people who've moved to Chilwell already. Um, that made sense. I mean, obviously there was a small risk because we've seen what happened happened with James. But I mean, would you be keeping Gabriel if, if he was in your team, for example, and you didn't have Saliba? If I go back to your team on the screen, just for those watching. If I had Gabriel this week because I have a James problem, I would just keep, I would just play Gabriel. I don't think there's any problem with playing Gabriel this week. Timber, for those that don't know, is, is out with an ACL as well. So that's a defender that's less popular. So we're not, everybody's panicking about him. But he has implications on the rest of the Arsenal backline. Zinchenko is not fully back, even though mm-hmm. I heard that tonight or yesterday he played a game against. It was it today, yeah. so he did play a game behind closed doors. But I really feel that this whole thing of Partey inverting from right back and White playing centre back, this was an experiment in against an easy team at home. When you play Crystal Palace away, a team that is good on the counter is is good on the ball, will get at you as soon as you lose the ball. I don't think it's a place where you play, you know, you play your normal team, which is Gabriel uh, partnering with Saliba and you have White and then you have somebody on left back. If it's Zinchenko, if he's fit or if it's Tomiyasu. I just think they'll revert to type and there's no reason to move Gabriel to somebody except Chilwell. So if you didn't start with Chilwell and if you wanted to go for a Chilwell, you have 0.5 in the bank on Monday. I can understand if people did that. But apart from that, I don't think you need to. See, this is where I think I still would move move off him even now even yeah i mean i agree actually to be honest it is a lot harder without without the chelsea defenders but even then i'd i know west ham away is not an incredible fixture and we probably want to wait to work out if cole or gusto's better i think i'd still be tempted and the, the reason is obviously we saw gabriel come on at the end of the game we've also seen i mean i remember watching them in europe and they love at the end of the game if they're chasing the game they love lumping it up to gabriel that's something they like to do so i feel yeah. like if he's benched he seems to be a bigger than normal risk for a centre back to be subbed on. Yeah. So for that reason, I think I'd I'd just do it. But the, yeah, finding the actual correct defender, it it has got a lot harder um, because of this James injury. But do you think in your predicted lineup that Gabriel starts or not? Yes. But I do as well. I suppose I'd put it at like 75 percent. And to be honest, I'm looking at playing a rotation risk this week, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not really what. Not really one. I have talk, him but... as a, at 95. I mean, I, I'm convinced Gabriel's going to start. I mean, it was just a one-off thing. In fact, Arteta even said that we will have to play the teams by the opponent. Crystal Palace away is a. They could lose that game. I mean, it's not a game to experiment. It's a. It's a good team. Yep. So I just don't personally see it. I mean, happy to be wrong, but we're here to give our opinions and I think Gabriel is fine to keep. If you have missed the boat on the Chilwell price rise and you don't have the money to go there anyway, then just forget about it. Just play him. I mean, don't... This is not the week to transfer him to a Colwell limited upside. You know, you don't have to do it this week. You might as well see who is better between Colwell and Gusto, like you said. It's not the week to... I saw in the comments somebody wanted to do Gabriel to Henry. Not the week. Fulham could score. So you just play your Arsenal centre-back, hope that he starts, hope that he keeps his place, and then you evaluate with two free transfers next week. Yeah, the scenario you mentioned there, actually, if you you don't have Chilwell, for example, and you can't 
get to him because you're 0.1 short, for example. Yeah, then I can see the benefit of holding two free transfers and getting to Chilwell next week. Because, yeah, you'll be mad not to go with Chilwell next week if you've, if you've got that route. Looking at your team, though, say, say someone had Chilwell, Gabriel, Estupinan, and you mentioned there's some silly rumours about Estupinan, but I, I don't, think don't think they're true. I don't think there's any evidence in it. And then you had James and then Kabore. So basically, you'd have Chilwell, Gabriel, and Estupinan. Would you be tempted there to make the move? Because obviously, you wouldn't have a sub. If James is ruled out, you wouldn't have a sub. I would do James to Colwell in that case because I know James yep. is 100% out. Yep. And we go back to our discussion on who can you get for James when you can get a Chelsea cover. Gusto becomes a little bit risky today without any info. So I would go James to Colwell in that case. And you've already got Chilwell in that scenario. Right. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Are there any other defenders to mention? Do you think? Well, let's talk about Estupinian. So there is something on Twitter uh, where people are circulating that he may be out. There is a press conference today. Do not panic. If it is something that is rumoured, that is major, Deserbi will say it. So I don't think anybody needs to panic. It is, in my opinion, and I think we were discussing this pre-pod, it's a completely baseless thing that has come out from somewhere. But you never know. There's never smoke without fire. It could be something out of a banter or a parody account, or it could be something out of a ITK. So we don't know. Keep your, uh, you know, listen out for the Deserby conference, press conference. He will, he should be open again. It's If it's an injury that is serious enough, he's not going to lie that Estupinan is fine. So we'll find out. And then you decide where you want to go. The, the reason I'm quite sceptical is just because, because we've had all this big news. You know, we had Gabriel, who was a very popular pick. He's gone. James was, you know, someone people either owned or were targeting. It just seems almost too convenient. There's some un you know substantiated rumor about either a stupid or let's say Chilwell or someone it just yeah. almost seems like it's scripted for fpl so this is getting out of hand seriously yeah. i mean this is why i i guess an advice to everyone have your sources i mean unless somebody who you trust who has been right in the past retweets this stuff just don't trust it and and go with what you have so um i guess nothing else to say on a stupid and let's talk about stones people have city yep. defenders not everyone's lucky enough to have Rico Lewis. No, <laughs> it could have implications on Rico Lewis. Or I yeah. don't know if I'm being a biased owner here, but obviously players like Gavardiol played their first, you know, full game yesterday. Yeah, Diaz is. It sounds like Diaz is coming back, um, so he's got a good chance at a start. But and then Walker's just played the full game as well, and Akanji played the full game. Right. So Lewis, who can play the left, he can play the right, and he can invert on both sides. And we've seen him, you know, playing further forward as well. It feels to me that he must be one of the most nailed players this week. He, I, nailed is a difficult word, but With he Pep, has a good yes. chance. He has a good chance. And But my only counter to that is it's Newcastle. So he may not want to have, he may want to play Walker on the right against Gordon, who's very, very quick. Mm -hmm. Um, or even Harvey Barnes is quite good. So he may go for experience because it's Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle are a top four team based on last last year and a lot, a lot of underlying data as well. They just put five past Aston Villa. So it may not be a game where he experiments, but he's trusted Rico Lewis. So I don't, you know, we're talking about him. I don't think we're talking about anybody buying Rico Lewis. No, we're talking about not. him in the context of you going there because you heard in in you know in the pre-deadline leaks that Rico Lewis is starting and it was a reasonable he's what four four and a half four and a half yeah so it was reasonable and I think you may benefit again and you've got Luke Shaw uh, on your first bench if he doesn't right 
as a backup yeah no of course of course yeah i was just almost thinking more i wouldn't say to to buy rico lewis but it's a kind of you know if stones is out for a little while as an owner i know there are i think there's about one percent of people own him because obviously because of you know the team being announced prior to the deadline yeah. so there are managers with him so that that's made me feel a little bit better about james as well because yeah if i flick to my team yeah i'm thinking of thinking of starting him but otherwise are there any defenders i guess in the city team you'll, you'll be looking at because i feel like gradiol he's going to be eased in isn't he even though he's an absolute bargain at, at five million or he'll become a bargain if he becomes nailed yeah uh i think well i personally think i can see a scenario where gradiol plays every single game because he's just that good mm-hmm. but you know a bit like how he started with ds ds was signed and then started every game as opposed to other players like ake um who didn't i mean it took them time to come into the team so we don't know but I guess with City, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's right to just avoid all of them at the moment. None of them are a buy as such. I, I And a word on Stones, I mean, there's some conflicting information and people should also know this. And this is part of what we'll try to do in Deadline Dilemmas and what we're seeing and what we're hearing as of right now. So you guys can look out for information tomorrow. But there were rumors that he was injured um, in training. Now there's a Man City account that's I think the official account, right? That's that's shared a picture and said stones and it shows stones training. So it could very well be that he's fit or city extra. Okay, city extra. Yeah. Um. So we will see what Pep says. I think look out for stone. If you are a stones owner, he's already dropped last night. He's not going to drop again tonight. So just wait it out. See what Pep says. But I would lean towards him not being fit if Pep is still a little bit coy. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to look out for in the press conferences tomorrow. And obviously the deadline, I think it's quarter past six in the UK, a little bit earlier yeah. than normal as well. So it might Great be time point. for people to get flowcharts out for defenders and start planning. What <laughs> I mean, will we be know doing. anything? Because the first game is, I mean, I'm, I really hope we don't get news on Saturday games. I mean, there's a little bit, there's an element of doing what we're doing now, which is thinking through what will we learn from press conferences? How will we act I don't want to be given any information at six o'clock. Oh. I'm happy to just go with it. See, I was thinking of press conference flowcharts. Just uh, because okay. you know, people will be at work and they might yeah, yeah, only yeah, yeah. have you know, a matter of minutes to make a decision. Pot- potentially, right. depending on what times people work and all of that stuff. Exactly, exactly. So, no, yeah. well, I, I, I think, um, yeah, you'll have... The 6.15 point is very relevant because I think people in the UK or anywhere, 6.30 is the more popular deadline because games start at eight o'clock. Uh, but this game is starting at 7.45. It's not on UK television, which is why it's starting at 7.45. And so deadline is 6.15 UK time. So do note that 15 minute earlier time. Yeah, I'm really glad we mentioned that because that would be, that'd be because people will get caught out. You know, I've seen it before um, when there's unusual kickoff times. I remember a d- double game week where there was like a quarter past five deadline. I feel like that was on a Friday night. And I think that caught a lot of people out as well. Indeed. So, yeah, I think I think that covers defenders. We won't go crazy and talk it, about Robertson. Maybe we'll talk about him later, but I don't think he's really a, a dilemma for people. <laughs> well, Trent. I mean, people have Trent. Uh, this is yeah. the week that you make your money. Um, so, you know, uh, like Andy Martin, people have Trent. Would you captain Trent over Haaland? Let's say if you didn't have Salah. I thought about this. I think people are going to be put off because he had 0.00 XGI last game week. But yeah, I, I'd strongly consider it. I really would. I, the only mm. thing that worries me is obviously Bournemouth are, you know, going to be a very, very different team. You know, I read an article earlier about how they're playing at, you know, much higher line, etc. Yeah. So I, I don't fully know what to expect of Bournemouth yet. You know, after just, you know, watching the highlights of one game against West Ham, for example. So I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. 
I mean, oh, because you expect yeah. Liverpool to concede in every game. Now, then you're competing a right back against Haaland. It just sounds wrong. Um, yeah, I, I do find that one tricky. I think I'd see it as a, not to sit on the fence, although I am, I'd see that as a 50-50, but I'd see Salah as a no-brainer, as in I would definitely captain Salah if I yes, had him. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So let's go to midfielders. Yeah, let's go, let's go to midfielders. So um, if I go back, back to your team, I mean, we've got the same. We've got, me and you have got the same midfield. And... We have the same five. Saka, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Martinelli and Mbumo. Happy with Mbumo? He was the one I wanted to talk about. I feel, yeah, very happy with him. Obviously, I know he missed that that big the big chance. Yeah, imagine he, that would have been thirteen yeah. points. He took the penalty. He had he had good minutes. Um, yeah, I'm really for that price. I'm delighted I went for him. The fixtures look decent for a while as well. He's actually. Yeah. I look at my midfielders. He's the one I can't see myself selling before wildcard. Same. I think him. Feel like three that you can keep. And by the way, this applies to whichever 6.5 mid. I don't think everyone should be happy with who they have. Mitoma looked looked good. Eze looked amazing. Diaby looked amazing. So I think 6.5, I hope that it continues like this and there's no major variance in one or the I think they're all good picks and they should all do well. It's a shame we don't have many heavy hitting strikers so we could justify you know moving to you know multiple having two fives. We might, we might. I think in game week nine onwards, when Villa have a really good run. And also, Brighton have a good run from game week 10 onwards. Mm-hmm. You might see DRB and Mitoma or March type midfields, but we're get, getting ahead of ourselves. No, no, I think it's good to get ahead of ourselves because, you know, looking at the players that we're going to be targeting, although we, we may have wildcarded by then. And I, I won't get you into wildcard windows just, just now. <laughs> <laughs> game week nine. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. There we go. But um, yeah, I think we have to talk about Man United again because Bruno and Rashford... I don't know about you. I'm happy holding this. Obviously, I'm happy holding this week. I'm happy holding for game week three. To be honest, I'll probably hold longer than that. But I want to give a minimum of three games. Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I can do, which is very tempting. I mean, I was at, at for 20 minutes. I was like, should I do this? Uh, Bruno and Rashford to Salah and Richarlison for a minus four. Um, and... I just thought, you know, it's just it's not sensible. Next game week, they both play Nottingham Forest at home. Salah's away to to uh, Newcastle. It's just not what I'd want to do long term, but it's tempting. But I didn't do it because of what you said. I think there'll be other avenues of opportunity after game week three where you can use one of them, most likely Bruno Fernandez as a cash cow to get your, you know, let's say Foden if he's starting every game or Madison if he's looking great or Richarlison. So I think money will be generated through that. And so people don't need to panic and sell them today. Uh, Spurs anyway play Man United this week, so you don't have to jump on them. So just keep them for another couple of weeks would be my view. That's the thing. And when people talk about Bruno, you know, the suggestions Bruno was playing deeper or not as, you know, involved. I mean, he definitely wasn't as involved as as we hoped. There's just the fullback, the fact he's on penalties. That that just always, I can always just, I'm really bad at owning him, by the way, as yeah, in I yeah. never seem to own him at the right time. I only captained him for the first time the end of last season or I can't, I can't remember and he blanked but um yeah I'm still not losing my patience with those two do, I mean do you regret now now we're going into game week two Salah you know we said we'd captain him if we owned him do you regret that you didn't go for the the Richarlison Salah combo I know you'd you'll be one point better off so ignore that part yeah well no because um that's very hindsighty because I I wanted Richard you know we didn't expect Wolves to do what they did. 
my game game prediction was 3-0 or 4-0 man united so you know that was a very shocking and so pre game week 1 there's no way for me to know that and i'm still sort of thinking that we could batter nottingham forest 3-1 4-1 in game week 3 so there's no reason to do any of this bruno can get a 10 pointer in any game rashford we already know i mean i expect rashford to score 15 plus goals this year so there is no need to panic whatsoever you could get unlucky and bruno gets three blanks and yeah fine ship him out then i mean it's not you know we have free transfers to use and there are other good midfielders that you can go to but don't use a reason of oh he was a little bit withdrawn and mount was taking up positions i mean they will between them get that chemistry right and between the two it'll always be bruno who does makes the runs he's always the forward thinking guy and if anything i expect us in the next game to change this i mean you could even see eriksen starting instead of mount where i think the main problem against wolves was that both were getting too forward and we need that second eight to be a little bit further back to help out casemiro because he didn't have a pass to make and we kept losing the ball in midfield that game you as in united spurs that feels like one for for fpl reasons is going to be quite it's going to cause a lot of knee jerking i imagine because you know if one team you know wins that comfortably um well especially let's say tottenham won <laughs> you yeah. could see a lot of the movement going into those spurs good fixtures but yeah i guess in typical you know video style we are we're just rolling um our, yeah. our midfielders but should we talk about someone like jota briefly like i mean is that let's talk, let's talk liverpool um so basically the view is that Curtis Jones comes back uh, in number 6 so McAllister and Sabosley play as the eights that means that apart from Salah there's two slots available up front and for those two slots you have you have Gakpo you have Jota on the left you have Gakpo you have Jota sorry you have uh, Luis Diaz and Jota Darwin Nunes can play on the left or in the center who knows Darwin Nunes could start against Bournemouth you know Klopp could just decide this is the game I want to unleash him because you know they there will be a lot of space behind the defense and he's fast and he can make those runs you never know so why is this the game where jota is preferred i think jota is part of the first team but it's that upside isn't that high that i need to worry about liverpool's team sheet when i have madison right there or i have bruno right there at least initially agree yeah and that, jota getting that early sub as well because i did he was one player I was thinking to myself before the game week that I was thinking if I'm going to knee jerk a Liverpool player in it would probably be Jota. Um but the fact he didn't get he didn't get decent minutes it it just put me off and I think it was a very unlikely plan that I was going to go through anyway. It's just a weird situation we're in where we got the nailed player on penalties who costs a fortune. Yeah. And then we got all these cheap players who are good if they play but we just can't be can't be confident. It's like it. City now, isn't it? I mean, we have this options now. We have Alvarez, Foden. I mean, we can talk about City mids uh, in a second, but my so there's a question FPL Alexander Arnold start Gakpo or Pedro. I would start your City midfielder or forward, whoever it is. Even if you have Darwin Nunes um this week, just start them. Just hope that you get a, a a brace or whatever even if it's from the bench this is the fixture why you probably got them and then ship them out next week if they're giving you this much trouble that you need to bench them against bournemouth then you don't need them going forward yeah no i agree with that i think yeah you have to go through the plan with the plan now and then yeah like you said that's probably then the plan then probably was to to get rid of them pretty quickly as well um and we're we're aligned on um on sala as being the better captain if you have him yeah i just i just can't find a a way that I wouldn't hate myself for doing because I would have to do a minus 4 and and we talked about it we said you know game week 1 we're setting up our teams we're not going without Salah sorry we are going without Salah that's that's it 
yeah um obviously i've still had a, you know a couple of thoughts oh i could do this i could do that but yeah i i can't see a world i do it i think the only scenario would be if we got news that harland was injured even then i'd be 50 50 i think i'd have to do it because of the captain i don't really fancy any of the vice captains this week like i've got mine on saka um same same as you um, yeah but away at palace doesn't feel amazing you know for for the actual captaincy i mean in fact there's a question Saka cap vice captain Saka or watkins watkins is the way better captain i think he's the second best I agree. yeah no I, I completely agree with that yeah i'm not over the moon with vice captain this week um but i mean we're we're going to move on to strikers now aren't we Looking well, let's talk. Um, let's talk Arsenal mids for a second. Uh, yep. How happy are you with Martinelli? Yes, I mean I'm glad I didn't go Havertz. Put it that way. Um, yeah. I, I was I was looking at the spread odds. They were shared by Rob. He's an account on Twitter. I can't remember his whole name, but he shares like yeah. the spread betting odds. And Havertz was you know, right up there. We you know, the best players in the games for chance of scoring. It was just um, on a WhatsApp group with Seb. Seb just put one line. He said that he's not convinced Havertz would play up front even though he actually ended up going for Havertz. And that, that stuck with me. And yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play up front. You know, Nketiah played. So yeah, I feel okay with Martinelli. Like I'm happy to, probably a bit like the Man United mids actually. It's kind of like out of the three Arsenal, I'm happy I went with Martinelli. I don't know if he's, he could stay until a wild card. He could leave in two weeks. Like I, it just depends on, on other players more than, more than Martinelli himself. I mean, how, how do you feel about him? So my feeling is actually, you know, obviously the fixtures, people are looking at Arsenal's fixtures as the 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 easy game against Fulham at home game week three. I think after that as well, they're Martinelli games. Home to Man United, home to Spurs. I think, I, you know, you remember last year, big games Martinelli did really well. So at the moment, if you ask me now, without the benefit of getting information over the next two weeks, I'm more likely to sell Bruno than Martinelli, even though Bruno's on penalties oh, wow. and, other, and other stuff. Because I just think Martinelli is good until game week nine, um, which if it is my wildcard window, then that's just a good pick. Um, and Martinelli also has this thing of I can dead end him. So if I'm wildcarding in game week nine, he plays Man City home in, in game week eight. I can just use that spot for somebody else for a one week punt. So again, very early thoughts, but I think I might end up holding Martinelli. If he gets benched in one game, he's out. I mean, he's it is a slot that has a high bar in terms of performance. You need to keep doing well to stay in the team. This is why we're twitchy on Bruno. Otherwise, who would think about selling Bruno with his stats and his penalties and so forth? So we'll see. Would, would part of it be, so you'd sell Bruno before Martinelli, and obviously you can change your mind on it. Is, is part of that the million pound difference yeah. as well? Well, uh, 0.5. Oh, 0.5, uh, so, of course, 8 and 8.5, yep. But that would mean that if I've missed a price rise on Madison, that I can afford a Madison instead of a Martinelli, where Martinelli to Madison will only get me a 0.4. So there are plans in my head where which involve selling Bruno and maybe me, me being more comfortable and not being at the mercy of price changes than selling Martinelli. <clears throat> but if they if they fall kindly, then who knows? I could do I could do uh, Bruno as well. Yeah, Sorry, Martinelli the, as well. It's the difficulty, isn't it? It's actually just finding the player to to sell. Or, or if we even need to. Um, I mean, it may get to the point where we don't, but then we both got Pedro up front. So exactly, we exactly. need him to stay nailed in the team, especially with, you know, I mean, over pre-season, I talked briefly about <laughs> I was looking at a 4-5-1 with Pedro basically being a sub. But the James injury impacts on that as well, because part of the reason a 4-5-1 actually didn't look that bad over the first like seven, eight game weeks was because you could go Chilwell, James, Estepinian, you know, there's, there's the big hitters that were at decent prices. Yeah. So, yeah, best formation may well change as well. It would. I mean, for example, if James is out and if Gusto is a pick, 
or even if Colville, I go Colville. I could go James to that position. So it could be Gusto or Colville. And I could upgrade Archer to Jackson. So I could actually have eight good attackers where Pedro is my eighth attacker. And I only need him. Basically, I play him against Bournemouth at home. And I and I can also sort of retain some team value in him if I have him. Because I think if he's starting regularly for Brighton, there's no reason to lose him at all. So um, that's also in my mind that if I do that, I can go for that kind of a structure. But we'll see. We'll see where we end up. All these cheap players you're, you're talking about, I mean, it could really for, not force us into, but it, we could just wake up one game week and have basically a bench boost. Yeah. Um, ready to yeah. go. I mean, Gusto this... starting, Pedro starting. I mean, it begs the question, why don't we have Salah in our team? If Gusto and Pedro are starting, then 5.5 striker, 4 million defender. There's no reason not to afford a Salah. So I think give me nine time if people do wildcard, you know, you'll have a two premium structure as a much more popular way where people go about their teams. Unfortunately, Praz, one of the reasons we don't have Salah is actually Reese James. Looking at both our teams, he I think he was, I mean, I know you you could have only saved 1.5 million on him, but then you've got the money in the bank as well. Yeah. So yeah, I did think that earlier and tried to push it to the back of my mind. You know, Reese James is quite a big reason. And actually Bruno's quite a big reason as well, because I didn't want to not go with Bruno I wanted to have James on the bench. So, I mean, it was because we didn't know Pedro as a starter, right? My no. thinking of having James on the bench was, what if if Pedro was benched in the first game? This whole deadline dilemma stream would be, what the hell do we do with Pedro? He's now not a starter. He's my 11th player. I need to fix him. He's 5.5. To upgrade him, I need to create one and a half million of new money. So I need to take a hit to change him. The narrative completely changes if he doesn't start. And that's exactly where the four-five-one would have come in, and you know, the, exactly. James and Chilwell would have saved us. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, so it's interesting. So that's actually got us onto strikers as well. I, I mean, I don't think there's that much to talk about with strikers. We're both captain in Haaland, I guess, would be the the first thing because we don't have Salah. Correct, correct. Would be the key thing. I mean, I, Pedro. Let's talk about him a little bit more. I mean, obviously, like most people, I didn't expect him to get that many minutes. So I, you know, feel a bit more confident on him now um yeah. you know playing in that amazing especially after that Brighton game against against Luton as well he, I'd almost be I'd, I'd love to have Watkins but even if I was giving him on a play I'd be scared not to have Pedro yeah that's the thing I mean the people with Watkins have a even the Pedro guys actually have a dilemma next week on do they sell them for Jackson Jackson plays Luton at home and there will be a big movement. So maybe the Pedro owners can do it if they have money in the bank or they can fund it through a James or somebody else who's injured and get there. Do Watkins owners do it? It's not that easy because Watkins fixtures are good for a while and he's just a good glue pick. So I just don't know if it's that easy to switch from Watkins to Jackson. No, and you can't really go three up top because we talked about how hard it is for us to drop a midfielder. Like, would you want to, let's say our midfields are, you know, they're pretty template. There's some interchangeable players. People might have Madison, et cetera. Yeah. None of them you're going to want to bench or sell. You know, if you wanted to go for like a, because I actually looked at going for Pedro and Ketia Haaland up front because I have a million in the bank. And I was like, well, I can't bench anyone. Mm. So if I had Watkins, Pedro and Haaland, you don't have the problems benching a defender anymore because there's not as many good defenders. Now we've lost James, but which midfielder would you bench if if you went down the three up front route no idea yeah you're yeah. right you're right i mean this is this is going to be the problem and uh, yeah i mean so i guess in context of forward or pedro first yep is is that your plan to get him up to jackson next week i feel like the james thing has just thrown everything out because yeah my plan with james i wasn't i was just going to ignore i was going to ignore jackson i was going to let it go and just go for okay. the chelsea defenders or maybe the goalkeeper 
or maybe just stick with Chilwell and James. I haven't got as far to... Getting Watkins in for me would be quite difficult. I mean, if I put my team on the screen again, because I've only got a million a million in the bank, mm. and I've got James and Shaw on the bench, so I'm, I'm not as flexible. Um, no, but it could get you there. If you do James to Gusto, so now you have two and a half in the bank, yep. Pedro up to Jackson, you can actually do it. You can, you, you, you'd have eight million to spend, so you yeah. can do that. Yeah, just the, the worry with that, is if Pedro does well this week, there's going to be part of me that doesn't want to. And if we could end up in a world, let's say Pedro does well this week, if Watkins does well this week, and Jackson, I guess it wouldn't matter. Let's say he does well as well. I think people might stick with what they have. I think that's kind of natural thing as FPL managers. I don't know if if you agree. Yeah, but in your case... They all scored one goal. They all have the same XG. You could, you could, or you could do what I'm thinking, which is you do James to Gusto. Now you have two and a half million in the bank. Yep. You take Archer up to Jackson. Okay, and then you've got the three up front again. Correct. Now you have eight attackers, which is not ideal, but then you just play Jackson for those two games and then you deal with him later. Or, or you know, you don't have to play uh, Bruno against Arsenal or something like that, uh, if you see what I mean. You'd be close to bench boost territory with that for game week three. And I don't well, think that's even exaggerating. Kabure, Gusto. Yeah, you're, you're not, you're not yeah. wrong. I mean... Turner game week three. Who does he play? Good question. Um, oh, I need to check now. Hold on. Here we are doing bench deadline dilemmas and thinking bench boost. Life. He plays Man United away. Nah, nah. Anyway, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of single game week bench boost. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It would give you a lot of benching dilemmas. But at this time, where money is not a problem, if you have a million extra, either it's in the bank or it's stuck with Jao Pedro as your eighth attacker. I don't think it's the end of the world. No, and I guess if every player's value, you could actually almost be farming money. As in, if you've got all the cheap players... That that's that's buying, exactly it. That's like, my thinking. Yeah, so you can farm more and more money and then Salah probably is more affordable for you by by Christmas or so. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so strikers, I mean, I think they are interesting, but I think they get more interesting in game week three because Pedro and Watkins both have, like I said, they've got good fixtures this week. I don't think there's a desperate need to go for Jackson this week away at West Ham. Like, you're not going to come off one of those two for for him. So I imagine next week, that's what we're going to be talking about quite a bit. And hopefully both with two free transfers as well. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I guess let's spend a minute on City. Um, we we didn't talk about Foden. We haven't talked about Alvarez. Of course, yes. Uh, I mean, my personal view is without De Bruyne, you already have Haaland and there's other good options in those price brackets. So in Foden's case, there is Madison and, and Martinelli and others. In Alvarez's case, we've talked about Pedro, Jackson and others. I don't think you have to go there. You don't need to be the first one to get City points. Um, Newcastle anyway is a game where you can avoid. So I don't think you have to jump on a City player, even though I think the expected minutes for Foden are good. Um, and I think another thing I say, I forgot to mention, Alvarez, somebody said, was about, well, who was the source? Luke retweeted it, that Alvarez was expected to start the game, but he didn't because he felt some muscle strain or something. Yep. So anyway, yeah. I think he becomes a non-option now. I can't remember the source. It was City. Oh, I thought it might have come from Pep. Maybe, um, maybe it wasn't Pep. Maybe, I don't want to say that in case it's wrong. But yeah, it's, yeah, it was a reliable source that was retweeted. And yeah, it said he was due to, due to start. I think it was only 10, 15 minutes before the sheets the team sheets were exactly given out so i mean that's that's interesting to know um and i i don't know what to make of the midfield because again we, we talk about the midfielders we've got and there's midfielders you know don't have a spurs midfielder for example 
I think it's almost so hard to justify chucking in someone like a Foden. It's yeah. even going to be hard to squeeze in an Alvarez. I mean, th there were some people looking at Alvarez and Haaland for, for game week one. But then because we talk about Pedro emerging, because, you know, Aston Villa's fixtures will, you know, eventually get better. I, th I think they're just better picks because they've got the expected minutes. Agreed. But if Haaland gets injured, obviously completely different story. But yeah. then I mean, you know what the move is there. You do Haaland to Alvarez and you probably buy Salah. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I think I think we're aligned. Only other forward that's popular is Bissa. Um, I think good game. Um, he benefited from them playing five at the back. Uh, he could still play up front. So he's a good pick. But I just think Mbouma is a better pick if you wanted a Brighton attacker anyway. Yeah, and the I mean, the penalties were an obvious one, but it was the minutes as well. Vissa got, I mean, it's only one game, but Vissa did get subbed earlier. He scored a goal. I mean, to, to be honest, it took quite a big deflection. Um, it was obviously it wasn't an own goal because it was technically on target, but that helped as well. Um, so yeah, I'm much higher on Mbumo. To, to be honest, I, I wasn't that sure preseason, but just maybe it's because I watched the Spurs game. Um, I don't know. I just feel really excited about him, and I, I, yeah, I don't want to let him go just yet. So yeah, yeah, no, happy, happy to own him as well. I, I was debating in the beginning, but now I think um, he has provided what I thought as of him as an FPL pick. And I, I think, I think he's, he's, he's fine to keep. Well, exactly. And then with Eze, like, like you said, he had really good stats, but they've got a tough fixture this week against Arsenal. So I feel like he's one I don't need to, to rush yeah. to. I mean, if, if you had him, I'll, I'd be keeping. There was something we talked about the other week. Um, what, do you remember I was looking at, I know I look at a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> I looked at starting with Eze, then moving to Morgan Gibbs-White for, for this week. Yes, yes. So obviously he plays tomorrow against Sheffield United. Andy's, Andy's on penalties. I mean, right, that's right. probably a, a bit aggressive, more. you know, especially if you've got stuff like James, Gabriel, Stones. I mean, to be two. fair, you can just keep Eze. Uh, you, I mean, f don't don't FPL and listen to Flagjack at the same time is what <laughs> I'd say on a deadline. Uh, I mean, I guess Eze is a whole. I mean, unless you had no other problems and you wanted to just do an ups have an upside pick for one week. Yeah, the, the fixtures are really bad after after this one for Forest. It was one where I was going to be rotating a defender with it. It was way too complicated. And like, like we said earlier, I forgot about how injuries are are actually real. Exactly. Um, can completely ruin your plans. So yeah, I don't think it's the the best idea. So I won't even mention my Robertson plan, which I'm I'm probably not, probably not doing now because I don't want to throw. I mean, now that you've said it, so so okay. So now let's. I guess we close out with final thoughts on your team. Where, where do you think you're going after the news that you've received? Maybe this is also a good time to just read out your full team and and take it from there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So very similar teams. I, I've got Turner in goal. Got Rico Lewis coming in for James, Chilwell, Estupinan. The midfield, as we mentioned, so Mbumo, Martinelli, Saka, Rashford, Fernandez. Haaland's got the captaincy, and I've got Yao Pedro. And I have Shaw on the bench as, you know, a little bit of cover, but away at Spurs. So at least he's there, you know, in case something goes wrong. So yeah, James, I guess the only real talking point for my team, or the main talking point, is James's, because of the James injury, I've brought Rico Lewis into the team. Which, to be honest, if it wasn't for the Stones injury or rumoured injury, I wouldn't feel as great about. And you made a good point. It is against Newcastle. I suppose the counterpoint is at least they're at, they're at home. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, I would have been playing James over Rico Lewis. I just don't want to play Shaw over Rico Lewis. Maybe that's a lot, lot safer. I mean, sure, you know what you'll get. I mean, you could get... I don't think Man United keep a clean sheet. No, so I, I would say... Two points. At so best. you you can chance it. I I guess I guess what you're doing is fine. Yeah, um, we're not going to get any rumored lineups or anything for for Lewis, unlike last week, because they're playing 8 p.m. on the Saturday as well. So it's correct, you know, correct. even later correct. than your normal tea time kickoff. So 
I mean, even Pep won't know his final team. He'll probably decide on a Saturday morning. Yeah, so it's a uh, bit of a gamble. But in my head, and I'm not like, you know, someone like Luke who can predict the Man City team, I'm I'm at about 70%. That's how I feel right now that, that he starts. Yeah. And Fran, uh, FPL Fran, he worked it well, worked out. He, he, you know, said that Lewis played 12 games last season. There was only one where he was subbed off before 60th minute. Right. So I'm not too worried about that. I remember at the end of last season when he's 3.8, I kept, at half time, I was like, he's going to get subbed. He's going to get subbed. <laughs> but Pep doesn't tend to do that very often. No. And no. even though in the Burnley game, I think there was Man City, some Man City fans were saying, you know, he wasn't playing very well, but he still got to, you know, 70, I think it was 78 minutes. I think that sounds about right. I think it was about 78 minutes that he played. So I'm not worried about the pre 60 sub, but right. I probably shouldn't say that because now <laughs> it's all going to go wrong. All right, excellent. So then like, we close it out with my team. So yeah, I've got okay. Tur Turner starting and then Chilwell, Saliba and Estupinian. I was going to play James instead of Saliba, but obviously I've switched, which is fine. I think Saliba's okay. Uh, Saka, Bruno, Rashford, Martinelli, Mbumo, João Pedro and Haaland captain. The only problem I have is I have no bench. So, you know, Kabura obviously has a blank. Archer may get an appearance, but not expecting it. And James is expected to be out. That's what's making me a little bit nervous. I probably will just chance it. And if I end up with 10, so be it. But if there is a press conference news on any of these 11 players that are here, or maybe the 10 outfielders, on any doubts, including Estupinian, then I'll be forced to do James to, to Colwell. And, and that's also okay because I still then have money to do Archer to Jackson next week if I have to. But there are also other avenues I can go if I need to. So I'm I'm okay with whatever sort of tomorrow throws. Yeah, I think that I think that seems good. Um, yeah, because you'd want to have the cover. And to be honest, if let's say Estepinion was out, for example, which we don't think he is, I think then going into next week, if you had to do a hit because of something, I don't think that's that bad because I feel like so many teams will be, you know, at different stages of mess. Although by then you'll have Kabore back, for example. Yeah. People will have their 4.0 defenders. So it's just an unfortunate week that we're getting all this stuff going on so, so early into the season. But and, and it's fine. I mean, sometimes players score zero points. I mean, it's not the end of the world if, you know, unexpectedly, you know, there's a warm-up injury for João Pedro and he misses the whole game and I I put out 10 players. It's just bad luck. It's fine. That's the, well, that's not, the thing. I mean, most of the time players like that will average about three, three and a half, four points. I know, I know you can't get three and a half points, but you know what I mean. Exactly. So you're yeah. not You're not losing a whole lot a whole lot there for the off chance that something happens and what's interesting as well is you're a point ahead of me so i'm kind of glad we have a slightly different team well we basically have rico lewis against saliba as things this stand. is what fpl comes down to yeah and well at least we're not playing we both would have played james right so then in that case we would have been exactly the same well yeah yeah so i think because i think last week it was Chilwell against yeah last week it was Chilwell against rico lewis sure. oh rico lewis okay yeah and now this week it's saliba you have your weapon of choice yeah yeah, I think I've chose. <laughs> mine, mine seems a lot more scary than yours. Now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, have a think. I, I'm talking through your thing. I don't know. I'm not so sure about Rico Lewis, but see what Pep says. See what Pep says. Because Newcastle is not a guaranteed clean sheet as well. With uh, sure you get some set pieces and stuff as well. Then it's at home. Yeah. Then it's yeah. at home. Do it. Do your thing. Do and your thing. I mean, to be honest, Pep doesn't always make as many subs as normal. So you know, if, he, if he you may get Shaw sure anyway. Sure, yeah, exactly. I've got Shaw sure coming in. So. And you're you're not on next week, are you? No, I'm off. No. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll find an able replacement, and uh, obviously I'll still be on Twitter and stuff. So yeah, I think we've got a very very good replacement already. But 
Have you already? Okay, let's yeah. keep it. Is, yeah. is it a secret? Can we wait for next week or? Uh, yeah, I'll keep it a secret because it's like penciled in. So okay, okay. Yeah, all right. In. Sounds very good. Sounds very good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. everybody. Good luck with your final deadline dilemmas tomorrow. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of press conferences, so don't switch off and don't forget the six fifteen p.m. deadline. Yep. And see see you all next week. See you.